Welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing, business, and branding with the brightest of minds as our guests. Lots of learning and laughing. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 137 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, and I'm so excited for our show today. This show, I haven't been saying this lately, but it is brought to you by Powers of Marketing. My company focuses on strategic content creation, including podcast and event production, hosting and emceeing. My lovely co-host is Miss Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm doing great today. Happy to be here and so excited about today's topic. Same. And I didn't produce it. I didn't produce them in. <laughs> so the surprise <laughs> is lost on anybody who didn't know what they were getting while coming into the show. Welcome, Dustin Stout. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. And uh, always excited to chat with friends, old friends, new friends, and obviously super excited about this topic. So you're going to really have to rein me in and make sure <laughs> I don't go on too long. Well, we'll try, but I don't know that, that we'll necessarily need to. I, we do have questions for you, but I always say a good conversation is something that evolves, right? So we'll, we, we may end up having other questions um, that we didn't have originally and all that kind of good stuff. And we're going to try to keep it to 35 minutes today for those of you watching on the live. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. So I did a little something. I usually ask our guests for a brief bio, but instead I decided to use your tool to figure out who Dustin Stout is. So I'm going to read it. Okay. We're going to talk about it. Is it weird that I'm nervous now? That's strange. <laughs> I would be too. Uh, I think it illustrates a great point about AI. So I'm going to read it and then get your take on it. All right. Dustin W. Stout is an accomplished digital marketing strategist, entrepreneur, and influential blogger. With a strong passion for technology and design, Dustin has become an authority in the digital marketing and branding field. Equipped with a bachelor's degree in communication studies, he excels in creating compelling visual content, developing effective marketing strategies, and optimizing online presence. Recognized by industry experts and featured in renowned publications like Forbes and Entrepreneur, Dustin's innovative strategies have gained acclaim. As the co-founder of Warfare Plugins, a successful software company, he has helped numerous businesses improve their online visibility. Additionally, Dustin is sought after as a speaker and educator, sharing his expertise at conferences and workshops on social media marketing, branding, and content creation. With his ability to simplify complex concepts, Dustin empowers individuals and businesses to thrive in the ever-changing online world by harnessing the potential of digital platforms. Now, wow. I first asked, yeah, I first <laughs> asked you to write me a brief bio on you, and it gave me this really long thing. So then I, <laughs> I got more specific with my prompt, and I copied in that bio, and I said, "Write me a bio that's 250 words or less," and that's what I got. Got it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Right. But it doesn't it proves it kind of brings in the point of it's only up till September of 21. So it doesn't know 
Yeah, yeah there. I mean, there are a few things that are oh, completely wild. inaccurate, but a lot of it is completely <laughs> accurate. What's not accurate? Just FYI, I never graduated college. I do not have a bachelor's degree in communications. Uh, it's funny though. My wife has a master's degree in communications, so that's interesting. A little uh, relationship there. To my knowledge, I've never been featured in Forbes or Entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm very open to it. So if anybody out there is writing for those publications. I'm happy to be featured on them. I know uh, my previous boss, one of my previous bosses is C-level at, at Entrepreneur Media. So, but I haven't talked to her in years. So maybe, maybe I can put a word in. I think it's time to talk uh. to her again. And recommend <laughs> a really great feature for her. <laughs> uh, no, so you know, those were really the only two blatant lies or one might say hallucinations, which is a technical right. AI term. But everything else was spot on. What, the, the Warfare plugins is funny because I saw that and then I went, okay. And then I went to your LinkedIn and that's like four positions down or something on your LinkedIn. Yeah. So I actually left that company in 2020. Okay. Uh, it was near the end of 2020 is when I exited that company. So yeah, I mean, it would make sense that the AI would still, it, it didn't actually say anything inaccurate. It said I was the co-founder and technically I'm, I am one of the co-founders of that company. I'm just not residing there anymore. And it wasn't even publicly announced that I left. I just kind of quietly left left and let the company continue without me. So yeah, I mean, fantastic write-up <laughs> apart from the, you know, two blatant lies. That's hilarious. Hallucinations. Hallucinations. I love it. <laughs> well, I want to welcome those of you who are watching on the live and those of you who are watching the replay. We know that's the magic is in the replays, right? And then of course, this is an audio first podcast. And so thank you to those of you listening. We have talked about chat GPT before, but it was last February, which is like <laughs> decades in AI terms, right? <laughs> so we're going to get into it. And I will say to you that I actually purposely waited until yesterday to prep this show because I knew that anything could potentially be out of play or there would be something new and exciting, which is actually the case that we discovered. We'll get into that within our questions. So Jen, why don't you kick us off? Or, well, right. re-kick us off. I guess I kind of already, <laughs> kind of already Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Like, that was the beginning with a bang. But hey, like, yeah. yeah, we can dive into some questions. Like, okay, so as we all know, AI has been the hot topic. I feel like when I came back from Christmas break last last year, it was like, boom, right into, okay, we got to learn about this thing. Out so of if nowhere, you had, right? <laughs> it was out of nowhere, I felt like. It, it's true. So if you had to describe what AI is to someone who just got dumped on Earth from Mars, what would you tell them? Oh, gosh. What would I tell them? They just got dumped on Earth. So I would say, welcome to Earth. <laughs> it's nice to be polite. I apologize for the mess. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it, it's an exciting time to be alive. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be on Earth in this time in our culture. Uh, I think the onset of AI has completely changed the course of history. It has been kind of building towards that for a long time. And you are coming to Earth at a time that is really crucial to figure out what's going to happen in the future. And everything is changing. So good for you and, and coming when you did. <laughs> what is AI though? What is AI? So AI is, I guess the easiest way to explain it is AI is a robot or a computer program that simulates intelligence. It gives the illusion of having intelligence in that it can respond to us in natural human languages 
respond to the queries or questions or prompts that we give it. We simply tell it what we want and it can respond to us in turn in a way that seems intelligent. It seems like somebody who is an intelligent being produced it. And whether that's text content uh, or it's audio content, AI can actually speak back at this point in time, or it can produce visuals, images, graphics. Some AIs are even producing video, although to be fair, it's not great. But it is able to produce things in a way that seems intelligent. Well, and AI has been a thing for many years. It's just come to light, right? Chat, GPT, OpenAI really introduced it to the world in a way that, you know, that people are now getting a better understanding of it. But wasn't IBM's Watson, isn't that, isn't that AI that played Jeopardy? Didn't he Uh, Watson, yeah, was one of the stages of the evolution of AI. But AI research and technology actually was started in the 70s. If you go all the way back, you know, when researchers were trying to develop it. It was very simple. It was an AI system that was supposed to learn from human chess players and learn how to beat humans in chess. That's so wild. (laughs) So it's technically been around for decades, uh, but we're only just hearing about it in recent years. And then even before that, you know, before the recent years of ChatGPT, because we're in the marketing field, right? We kind of have heard about these AI copywriters that have existed for yeah. you know a few years now, but they never quite took off the way that ChatGPT did. So that was over. Oh, felt like overnight. Wild. Yeah. So it's like it, language learning models essentially. So it's it's the computer is studying these things and creating material out of it, and then it's these like ChatGPT and these different tools that are helping us use it. Yeah. Is that yeah. kind of a and there are layman? various forms of AI. Uh, there are large yeah. language models, which is what ChatGPT is. It's a model designed to interface with text given to it and it can produce text output. There are audio AIs that can translate text into audio or vice versa, take audio and turn it into text. So and then there are, you know, the other AI Things that we've been using for decades and maybe not realizing it are these AI-powered algorithms or machine learning algorithms. So there's various different modalities. But right now, you know, the big thing is generative AI. It's the image generator AIs and the large language model uh, conversational AIs. Perfect. That's actually a great, great segue into my question. (laughs) So obviously, we've heard so much about how we've really just scratch the surface with generative AI. And I feel like we talk a lot about it in generality. So I want to try, if we can, dig dig a little bit deeper um, into it with you today. So since this is a marketing podcast, in your view, what are a few key ways AI can help marketers do their job better? I want to talk about oh, the positive because everyone's ways. talking about the negative. I want to sure, yeah. yeah. I know it's it's a lot. It's a loaded question, but yeah, anyway. no, I like to stay positive, anyways. You know, there's a lot of things. So actually, right before I came on here, I was in a another meeting that I'm a part of. It's a modern marketing mastermind group, and the topic of discussion was, you know, what are some things you're doing in your marketing efforts, and how do you kind of build a routine out of it, and you know, we all have probably taught this a million times, right? You need to be consistent in your effort when it comes to producing content for social. You need to be consistent when it comes to producing blog content or SEO content. 
You need to be consistent. You need to have a consistent voice. And so, you know, the the topic of discussion here was like, how do you, you know, what are you doing to create consistent marketing efforts and assets? And so as some of the people were talking, I'm over there using Magi. And I said, I need to come, I need to do X, Y, and Z marketing things every week. I have 10 hours in which to do it. Can you come up with a schedule for me? And so a lot of people, they tend to lean towards the creative side. They want ChatGPT or AI to create their marketing copy. But why not instead have it help you plan out your week, plan out your marketing schedule, have it plan out those tasks and projects. And it's actually very good at that because it has this ability to analyze data and work with data. You can give it, say, we have these five KPIs for our uh, product launch, help us to come up with a marketing strategy and timeline in order to meet those KPIs. So things other than just generate stuff that I can use and publish, you ha- it can also produce things that will help you guide your strategy and schedule your strategy. Super smart. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I asked it to give me five questions to ask you today. Um, <laughs> there you go. I think I've done that before too. There you go. And I didn't end up using them really. I think I used one that I tweaked, but I've used your, I've used Magi to write cover letters for me. I give it a job description and my resume and ask it. And it's pretty good. Obviously, as we, you know, we know, right, we need to not just use what it writes, but massage it to be sure, in our own yeah. voice. You want to give it a little bit of your flavor, right? Right, A little bit yeah, of your right. perspective, your fine-tuned voice. But right. you know, if I could give you one bonus of ways that I think marketers are severely underestimating its capabilities and, and not utilizing, AI is really good at playing a role. So let's say, for example, you are bringing a new product to market or you're hired in to consult a company that's bringing a product to market and they have a specific target demographic that they're trying to reach out to. And you're not sure how to reach that target demographic. One of the wonderful things you can do with AI and specifically with Magi, it makes it a little bit easier to do this, is you can give the AI a persona and tell it to play the role of your target audience. You can tell it you are a single mom who is raising her three kids in suburban Chicago, and I need you to help me figure out what some of your challenges are. And you can give the AI that role and start asking it questions. You know, what are some of your day-to-day challenges? What are the things you think about on a day-to-day basis? And you will be absolutely amazed at how it will take on that role. It will play the part of your target audience, and you can gather so many ideas about how you can then reach that target market just by pretending and role-playing with the AI as if it were your target audience. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, and I think that it's the prompts, it's something that like, I feel like I get, I'm getting better and better at it. What you prompt it to do, it's all, it's all in that. It's like garbage in, garbage out too, in a way, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. To an extent. I mean, It is pretty intelligent. So the more you feed it, the more information you give it, the more context or Mm -hmm. details that you give it, the better content you're going to get out, the better responses. But, you know, to an extent, it is pretty intelligent. And so if you're not sure of what you need to give it, one of my favorite prompt hacks is to tell the AI, hey, I have this objective. Let's, Let's do an example. Let's say I need to write some, an email marketing copy for my business, dogs and friends. What do you need to know from me in order to write a great email for my product, 
dogs and friends, to my target audience who is blah, blah, blah. Simply asking that question, what do you need me to tell you? Or what information do you need in order to do this objective? Well, again, the AI knows, okay, I'll need this information, I'll need that information, this information, and it'll tell you exactly what you need to feed it. And then you can feed it all the right information and then have it produce the end product. And you'll be astounded. Like some of the times I've used this, it's come up with stuff like I would have never thought to give it that information. But because I gave it that information, the end result was 10 times better than it would have been. Wow. So use AI. To prompt AI. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's a really good point. I'm going to have a feeling I'm going to be rewatching this a million times already. <laughs> but once, once you get it, you know, that's kind of the thing. Like once it really clicks for you, this stuff yeah. becomes almost second nature. So it's just yeah. a matter of trying it a few times. And, uh, you know, once it really clicks, you got it. Yeah. I've been playing around with it for the last few months too. And then of course, like I think it was a month or two ago, I discovered Magi because I heard some of my friends talking about it. I know Megan's talked about it a few times, but oh my God, it's so great. It's so great. But I, we're going to dive into that more, but <laughs> I do have a question I'm going to ask. So OpenAI is the maker of ChatGPT and they actually had their first user conference yesterday. Wow. Imagine the timing. What do you think is the most exciting announcement um, or a couple of announcements that came out of it yesterday and that our listeners and that we should care about? That marketers will care about. So Mm -hmm. one of the main things I think is important for marketers is context. So one of the downfalls, and this is something still a lot of people aren't aware of or they don't know about ChatGPT, is it has a very limited memory. Uh, Whenever you open a chat inside of ChatGPT, that AI can only remember about 6,000 words of the conversation. So as soon as you get deeper than 6,000 words, this is why I advocate against a lot of these tutorials out there that tell you how to get AI to write in your voice. And then they encourage you to keep going back to the same chat over and over again. This is really bad advice because as soon as that chat hits more than 6,000 words, the AI is forgetting stuff. It it is actively removing things from what, what is technically called the context limit or the context window of the AI. So if you think a bit about it like a window and each message starts to fill that window, at some point it's going to be outside the window and the AI will not remember it at all. You can scroll up and see it yourself, but the AI just cannot process more than 6,000 words. Wow. As of yesterday, now they did have a model that was available to an elite few that could remember up to 25,000 words, which is great. But there's also a competitor out there called uh, Anthropic, who created an AI called Claude, which is a very good uh, comparison, although it has different strengths and different weaknesses than GPT. Their context length was about 75,000 words. So more than 10 times the memory of ChatGPT. But as of yesterday, OpenAI announced that their new model that they're currently in preview of, it's not fully accessible now, It has 128,000 tokens, which roughly, if I do my math correctly, (laughs) I don't have a calculator. But it's, I think it's around 80,000 words. I want to say 80 or 90,000 words. So more than Claude. So what that means for marketers, you can now have deeper conversations. You can fill the AI's context with PDFs or transcripts, lots of information, and it'll still remember all of that content up to, I think it's about 96,000 words now that I think about it. Wow, that's significant. <laughs> if anybody has a calculator, it's 128,000 <laughs> times 0.75. If you can do that math, <laughs> that's roughly the amount of words that it can remember. 
Uh, most people don't, they don't know what tokens are. These all these AI 90, models. Thousand. Is it ninety six? Ninety six thousand. Holy moly! I remembered it. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. So you could like you could plug in a few blog posts that you've written. Yeah, maybe more than a few. <laughs> and get it to and get it to write something in your in your yes. style. And that's one for me. That's, so that's one of the most important things is feeding it information so that it can take on my writing style. Now you can already do this in Magi mm-hmm. and even with the limited uh, context length that GPT-4 has, you know, I, I only write two to 3,000 word blog posts on average. So you can put a couple of them in there and be good. But yeah, I, I typically use Claude anyways. It's I'm a much better fan of Claude. I can talk about the differences if necessary, but Claude having the longer context length and it's a little bit more accurate and less likely to hallucinate things. So I tend to use Claude more and, you know, you can fill Claude with all kinds of words, but, you know, even GPT. So that's very exciting. Now they have a, a huge context length. But on top of that, they, they're introducing higher degrees of functionality. So you can now create these sort of agents, they're calling them, that will do more complicated tasks, things that might be linked to external apps, you know, like Zapier or your calendar. And, and you can wow. it, make it easier to build these integrations. So the average person probably won't, the average marketer probably won't go in there and like create their own integration, but they're making it much easier, which means apps like Magi or you know, other products that are integrating OpenAI's products into their own can easily more easily create these creations. On top of that, I'll give you one more because like I said, I can go on <laughs> all day. Um, yeah. Is they're creating what they're calling GPTs. And GPTs, if I understand it correctly, I'm still trying to wrap my head around all these announcements, but essentially they, they are fine-tuned models of an AI. So basically a almost like a customized version for specific purposes. So more so than if you were to just give it a set of instructions and say, act like my expert copywriter or you know, act like my um, blog post expert. They're supposed to be a little bit better at handling very specific tasks, a much easier way to get specific end goals, if I understand that correctly. And they're, they're going to be creating an entire marketplace of these customized versions of AIs called GPTs. Wow. Well, and didn't I see they've they've got a a marketplace now that they're so you're gonna be able to buy is that more for developers? So people like you who are who are building the the apps that are using the models? Yeah, that's the the marketplace is going to be filled with these things called GPTs, these these new so right now they have the plugins marketplace. If you are ChatGPT Plus user, you can pick different plugins that, that add different functionality to the chat. So these GPTs are set to replace that. So they will be more customized versions of ChatGPT that have these spe- specific functionalities built into them. Wow. Okay. And developers, Again. yeah, they can develop their own GPTs and their own custom, you know, integrations. That's so will wild. this help you build more into Magi? Um, not necessarily, you know, because this is meant to be a sort of a marketplace for them to to allow developers to add functionality on top of ChatGPT. Now, okay. to me, in a sense, it's great in that it's showing the need for a, a sort of a, a place that curates the experience. Because if you've used any marketplace or even the plugins marketplace in its current iteration, you know, you, you have in your head like, oh, I need to do this one thing, and then you need to click a button, hit a drop down menu. And you have to search a store, find the right one. Is that the right one? No, that's not the right one. Is that the right one? Eh, maybe, I don't know. Let's try that one. 
So I think it reinforces the need for a more curated experience, which is essentially what Magi is. It's all the plugins that I think uh, users need and want, and it's in a more integrated experience where you don't have to search a library and hope you find the right one and hope that that person who created it is still supporting it. But you know, other things like the added context length gets uh, you know any addition, any enhancements they make to ChatGPT. Obviously, Magi users benefit from because it's just we're accessing the same AI models that ChatGPT users are. Only we have a better, more fully functional interface. <laughs> yeah, which and we will we'll dig in that. Okay, so I asked Chat GPT four inside Magi, which Jen has a, a question specifically on Magi next to tell me about myself, and I put in Megan C Powers because there's more than Megan Powers out, and it said it could not. Actually, it's very polite. It said, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but as an AI model, I'm not able to browse the internet in real time or pull information that isn't pre-trained in me. So, and it said, oh, oh, actually it said like you couldn't, it doesn't have personal information, which is interesting because I wasn't asking about personal information. I was, I was asked, I just was curious what, it knew about me like I did with you. And apparently you're much more well-known than I, but, and then I asked it to tell me about the company powers of marketing, which has been around for 10 years. And it also said it could not because its knowledge is based on a diverse range of sources available Mm. up until September 21. So I'm curious, like this is an example, right? I suppose of a search engine that would still do better than AI. So I mean, again, 10 years, it seems weird that there's nothing out there. But so what do you think are the best use cases for AI with, with regard to marketing that maybe you haven't, we haven't already touched on? Well, I, I definitely don't recommend it for research type tasks because, again, you kind of never know what it's going to give you. You shouldn't look at the information it gives you as gospel truth. If you're asking for any kind of facts that you can't yourself verify or don't know yourself to be true, you know, you're asking what five plus five is, you know whether or not it gives you the right answer. But, you know, factual statistics, data, that sort of thing, you kind of can't trust it. Now, Claude, you can trust a little more because their company is very focused on accuracy in data and information and they have very strict guidelines around it. So if Claude doesn't know something, it's less likely to make it up. Whereas ChatGPT tends to be along the more creative side and (laughs) will often just make up the answer if it doesn't have it. So, you know, one thing to be sure of is never use it for explicit research purposes. Now, if you have, say, a source of truth, uh, a, a place where you have truth data and you want it to access that data, you can absolutely feed the AI that source of data. So if you have, for example, a web page that contains all the information that you need, you could copy and paste all of that information into ChatGPT. And then it would have that as part of its context. Now, in Magi, you could just paste a URL. Magi sees the URL and reads the page for the AI. So you don't have to copy and paste all the text yourself. But, you know, in essence, you can get truth into the AI and have it work from a place of truth. But you kind of have to do that diligence yourself. Gotcha. Now, in, in the future, really there are AI that. models that are building web browsing. One in particular is a company called Cohere. They're, they're building a an AI similar to ChatGPT that has built-in web browsing. And it will actually, if you ask it something current, and ChatGPT is starting to do this as well. It will do like an internet search for you. It'll browse the web. And then it'll basically summarize the results that it gets and give you citations so that you can then follow those citations and make sure that the information the AI is giving you is right. But still there's that need for a human oversight. (laughs) 
Yeah, (laughs) always. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Just real quick. And then Jen will ask the next question. I had a friend who he posted a comment that someone had written about him on his social media. And it was hilarious. I, and I, my comment was, that's amazing, M-A-I, capital A-I, Z-I-N-G, because you can totally tell that it, was, yeah. that it was AI produced thing. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, if you don't put in that a little bit of extra work to massage it, you know, with to your own tone and everything, you can, you can definitely tell sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, since chat GPT became the hot topic really quickly last fall, large companies like Google and Microsoft swiftly released theirs. And you have actually developed a tool that incorporates a few different AI tools within it. So what are the differences between the different AI tools that are out there? And please go ahead and tell our listeners about Magi. And like I mentioned before, Megan's talked about it in a couple of episodes before, but it's great to hear from the founder. Yeah, so there are a lot of models out there. I mean, I saw it right away. This was going to be like the new arms race for, you know, who's going to create the most powerful AI. Like this is the new product category. The same way that the iPhone sort of changed the economy of devices, of mobile devices, mm-hmm. AI is going to completely change the world of, of software and products. Uh, in many ways. And so you're going to have competitors out there. And it just so happens, in my opinion, there are really three three big names in the game of uh, conversational AI, limited to conversational. I'm sure we can talk about other ones, but we'll limit it to that since we're talking ChatGPT. There's OpenAI, which created ChatGPT. And there is Anthropic, which created Claude. And then there is Google, which created Bard. Now, there's also one other that just recently started making some headlines, and that's Meta's AI called Llama, which is an open source model that they've decided to just gift to the world for free. So the differences. Now, the big two, I think, are obviously ChatGPT and Claude. I tend to refer to ChatGPT as just GPT because it has different versions, right? So I'll limit it to that. GPT tends to be very creative. It's really good at creative tasks, coming up with ideas, uh, having very creative language uses, and adapting to different applications, styles, or formats. It's, in all intents and purposes, it is a very creative, probably the most creative AI model out there. Its limitations, however, because it's so creative, it does tend to what AI professionals call hallucinate or just make stuff up. (laughs) In the case of my bio, it completely made up the fact that I got a bachelor's degree and was featured on Forbes and Entrepreneur, which I'm not mad at, but it is a lot. So it, it can be too creative for its own good in some sense. You could feed it information and sometimes you might notice it'll actually change or take some creative liberty with that information and invent things that weren't there or make changes to things that were there that you didn't necessarily want it to change. So it has both a strength and a weakness in its degree of creativity. It also has a weakness in its memory length, although now as of yesterday's announcement, soon it will not have that same um, limit. But currently, the ones that you can access, it's limited to about 6,000 words, or if you're the lucky elite, the 25,000 word model. Claude, on the other hand, Claude is less creative, but that's for good reason because the emphasis that the the company behind it has is on safety and on accuracy. So they are much more concerned with accurate and safe uses of their AI than open AI might be, which limits its creativity, but it makes it highly effective at taking content and maintaining the integrity of the content that you give it or the source of truth 
On top of that, obviously, it has a huge memory, 75,000 words by default. Uh, there aren't different versions where you can get a lower memory and a higher memory. It's one. It has a 75,000 word memory limit. It's also, it tends to be a little faster than the GPT as far as like generating the response. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to those two, and the reason, one of the reasons I created Magi in the way that I did is because if you understand the difference between these two models, you can use them to your advantage. So for example, you're creating a, a landing page. Let's say I need to create a new landing page for my product and I need to leverage the creativity of GPT because I have nothing to start with. I don't know where to begin. So GPT gives me some ideas. Maybe it gives me some bullet points, some frameworks, maybe some introductory language. And it helps me kind of build out the creative work of like coming up with what I'm going to do and what content I'm going to put there. But once I've established all that content, I can then switch over to Claude. I can, in the middle of the chat, go from using GPT to using Claude, and then I get to leverage Claude's extended memory. Claude will not forget the conversation, and Claude will then be more accurate and maintain the foundational content that we built. So it will help me maintain that accuracy. On top of that, because Claude can see the whole history of the conversation, including the messages from GPT, it learns from GPT's creativity. It can because it sees that sees those responses as its own responses. It doesn't know that oh, ChatGPT said that. It sees it as I wrote this, so I'm going to continue this degree of sort of creative language or stylistic choices. So it's it's very cool when you understand the sort of differences. Briefly on the other two models, so Bard, I haven't used it. To be fair, I haven't used it in over a month, maybe more, because when it was first released, it was terrible, fam. It was so bad. (laughs) Like it was embarrassing. And I guess it's because maybe I was using the other models so much that I was used to such a high quality AI. Bard just did not bring its A game to the table. Well, they rushed it. Don't you think they they rushed rushed it out? They had to, they had no choice. Their their hand was forced. They were in crisis mode. So they had to get it out there. Investors were worried. So like, I get it, but I'm sure Google's going to improve it over time. Now, one of the AI models powering Bard is called Palm Bison. It is also available inside of Magi. And Meta's Llama, also available inside of of Magi. And, And why would I put them in there if they're not as good as these other models? Well, here's one of the big differentiators between the big two and the little two. The big two, Anthropic and OpenAI, they're heavily moderated. So if you have any content that seems like it might violate their acceptable use policy, then it will completely not work with your content. It will refuse to work with it. So things that might sound hateful, harmful, or even conflict with some of their own values, it will refuse to work with that content. Now, this is great. I'm a big fan of safety and making sure that bad actors don't use it for bad things. Now, the problem there, though, is for authors, and this has happened a lot. I've, I've had a lot of authors come through Magi and you know, ask me, how can I get the AIs to work with my content if I'm creating a fictional novel where there's a battle of orcs versus fairies and there are, you know, fighting and, you know, an orc gets impaled with a spear. The AI refuses to do that because it's harmful or violent content. Well, that's where these lesser, maybe uh, more loosely guided. Uh, no, that's that's the wrong word. 
unmoderated <laughs> versions of AI come in. Yeah. Both Palm <laughs> Bison and Meta's Llama, they are unmoderated. They do not have any rules. So you can technically use them for all sorts of things, whether that be good uses or bad uses. So there are, there are different views on this. I think, you know, people coming to Magi, they're professionals. They're using it for professional work environments. And so they need these models to write their novels. Or uh, we have some therapists or some people who are working through traumatic experiences uh, using the AI. And it, if the AI refuses to talk about traumatic experiences, then those people can't find the help they need. So right. do with so that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and for some reason I thought, did you have Midjourney in here and take it out? Or we did do. I just miss hear that? Oh, you do have it. Okay. So Midjourney right. is currently in beta access only because we're still kind I of see. working okay. out some of the bugs and right. the stability of, of the product. But yeah, a uh, handful okay. of users have access to the Midjourney feature inside of Magi in the image editor. Okay, perfect. And for those who don't know, Midjourney is the gra- images, right? Graphics. Yes. Bit, and, yeah, by far the best, best AI image generator on the market. Which is amazing and scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So we could talk and talk and talk and talk, but I do want to close out with our final question that we like to ask every guest and get as deep as you want or need to. I understand like business challenges can touch a, some nerves. So we'd like to know what is one business challenge you've experienced in c- your career and how did you overcome it? Um, or what did you learn from it that might help our listeners? So right before creating Magi, I was trying to launch two products, two digital software products. Uh, I was doing so after leaving my previous company at Warfare Plugins. I was able to produce these these products with the help of a couple very kind investors who gave me a little bit of money to help fund the development. And after two years of banging my head against the wall, I could not get these products to find the right product market fit. I could not find the audience that found them valuable enough to pay for. And the whole goal was to create this simplified version of a product, which is really just a shadow of the thing that I actually wanted to turn it into and hope that I can get enough customers to fund the development to build the the thing that I actually wanted to build. Unfortunately, it just didn't work. I ended up losing well over $65,000. My family's entire savings was gone trying to just get these mm. things off the ground. I felt abandoned by my peers who just didn't mm. see the vision and didn't have the heart to tell me, hey, these products aren't very good. And I felt alone. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's very isolating. Even if you're, you know, just a, a consultant or freelancer, it's it's easy to feel isolated in, uh, you know, just grinding it out day to day. And I found myself at one of the lowest points I've ever been at in my life. Also, at this time, my wife had been going through very severe illness for the past four years since 2019. Uh, really only let up early last year. So I'm dealing with that. I'm trying to raise three kids in Southern California. Our funds are completely gone. I don't know when my next paycheck is going to come. And I was like, everything I'm doing has been failing for the last four years. And I don't know what to do. I've given everything I could. And I feel like I have nothing left to give. I actually considered committing suicide on a number of occasions. Um, And that's something that nobody, I think, talks about enough. The mental health Mm -hmm. thing. Guys, if you're struggling mentally, get some help. Reach out to people. Unfortunately, I didn't. But by the grace of God and my my wife, who is a champion, she, she continued to tell me, like, look, if you're still here, 
that means God still has a purpose for you. And whether you believe in God or not, I think that if you are still here on this planet, there is still something for you to do. You still have a purpose. And so my big lesson that I think I learned in this season is something that I might have heard a thousand times before, but it really solidified in this this dark season of my life where everything was going wrong. And the lesson was surround yourself with people who believe in you, who will believe even when you don't believe in yourself. Um, Surround yourself with positive people. Uh, the people who are negative and 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 don't add to your your where you're going in the world, s- kindly say bye to them and just surround yeah. yourself with positive people who will root for you no matter what, whether you're winning yeah. or losing, they will always be in your corner. So find those people and love them to death and cheer them on in their darkest hour and they will be there for you in your darkest hour. Oh, wow. Well, I am so glad that you got through it and that, yeah, low times can also really serve to bring the happier times happier too, right? So like Absolutely. You, you having, I mean, you're better for having gone through it, even though it was yeah, so Yeah, I mean, the, the, the highs are even higher when you've been through the lows. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just get through it. Find yourself some good people yeah. and, and uh, be in their corner. They'll be in yours. And for always sure. remember too, this too shall pass. Tomorrow's another yeah. day. Just keep putting one step forward. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. That was, um, well, on that note, we hope that everyone out there who has, is watching this and and listening is doing okay. If you're not doing okay, we're here for you. So feel free to reach out to us as well. Well, thank you, Dustin. This has been, as I knew we went over, but it's it's like just been remarkable. (laughs) Um, Such good info, um, so much value for our listeners. So we really appreciate you being with us. I love to be in here. I'd love to come back anytime. You guys are so much fun to talk to and uh, I love what you're doing. So please keep up the good work and let me know how I can further enhance what you're doing because I think you guys are doing some really cool things. Thank you so much. That's, you know, and this is definitely a topic we could do do a weekly on this. I know, for real. There are daily (laughs) podcasts on this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. there are. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The AI stuff changes so, so rapidly that Mm -hmm. it's definitely a topic that that we'll we'll revisit. So thanks again. And thank you, Miss Jen Cole. I get an email that tells me what mail I'm getting. And I saw I have an envelope (laughs) from Wichita today. So um, Jen's wedding invitation is in my mailbox. (laughs) Yay. Oh, I'm so happy. That was so fast. I mailed it on Friday. It's it's fun to like start getting that from people to hear that they're receiving them. My parents got theirs yesterday. It's so real. (laughs) Yay. Five months. Five months. Ah, stop at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you um, both. And thank you, everyone, for um, watching it live, watching it on the replay. Um, we will take a look. If you have any questions, we'll revisit all the platforms where we broadcasted this. And if we don't know the answer, we'll get them from Dustin. Thank you also, of course, to our wonderful podcast listeners. If you have not yet filled out our listener survey please do that we want it we want to really start a, a two-way dialogue versus just the one way um kind of that we have going currently so please check that out link to it will be in the show notes it's also on the making a marketer podcast.com domain so thanks so much everyone have a wonderful day this has been episode 137 and we will catch you next time